I don't have the questions in front of me, so. That's okay. I, I, I looked at them. I got you covered. Okay. So I basically just had this wild hair where I, I feel like the news and all the media coverage is just doing a terrible job because all they want to do is talk about what's going wrong and, and how things aren't working. So I wanted to really just find a way to um, find a variety of people to talk to about what is working and like what bright spots you found and even do some kind of curating of ideas and strategies for problem solving because odds are you've had to resolve challenges or things that others might still um, come up against. So that's kind of the premise. So we'll start with a quick little intro, which is just like who you are and why you do this work. And then we're going to talk about bright spots, barriers, bridges, and then I want to know like um, uh, a little known fact about you that people would be surprised to, to learn. Related to my job or not? Anything. Anything. All right. And wait, are you still the principal at both the middle and the high? I am. Okay. <laughs> Just wanted to make sure that you know, your, your job hadn't changed. Yeah, no. All right, let's jump in. Just do a quick little intro. Who is Aaron Smith? Well, first of all, I'm your good-looking cousin. Yes, you are. And um, so it's an honor to join you on here. So, yeah, Aaron Smith, I have been working in public education since 96. You know, predominantly middle school level, but um, in my current role in the Camas School District, um, I had the privilege of working with a team to open up a new project-based learning program. We started with sixth and seventh grade uh, four years ago and then added every year, repurposed an office building, uh, which was really interesting for the middle school program, and then built a purpose-built high school facility and so this year we're sixth through 11th grade and next year will be sixth through 12th grade, but it's a public school choice program within the Camas school district. Awesome. And uh, so, yeah, that's, that's what I'm doing now. And it's been an awesome opportunity. What's the why? Why do you continue? Yeah. I mean, the why is we're trying to increase student engagement because I believe the basic organization and structure of public education is outdated. Um, now, granted, there are amazing teachers in every school doing incredible work, and they're working in silos. And it's predominantly content-driven. And we believe it needs to be content plus, the plus being those success skills that really help kids to be what I like to call epic. We need kids to be ready to be entrepreneurs, producers, innovators, and contributors because everything in this world is changing constantly. So those critical success skills are what are going to serve you. Yes, the content's important, but these success skills are what are going to transfer to new situations. And so that's the why. That's why I get up in the morning. I want kids to be excited to come to school, to see the relevance, and that last word as a contributor, I think is really important because kids want to contribute. They have ideas, they have thoughts. They don't just want to consume information. Yeah. So we provide them with the opportunity to see that their ideas are valid. They also have solutions and they can work through with each other even when it's difficult to come up with great answers. So that's why we're, we like to say we learn for life. I love it, I love it, awesome. And uh, 
the high school just came online like in the last year? Has it been? Yeah, this is our third year at the high school. So oh, wow. now we have ninth, 10th, and 11th. Okay, cool. Um, we have 180 students this year. We have about uh, 500 students total on campus, sixth through 11th grade, which is pretty great considering, you know, we serve a district of uh, a little over 7,000 students. And in, within four years, we have 500 families choosing to go in this new direction. That's awesome. Cool, cool. All right. So, you know, COVID really disrupted education in March-ish. Oh, my uh, God. March 13th. I'll never forget the day. It's stamped. Holy cow. Right. Well, and I think like we we all reacted and we tried to, you know, figure out how we were going to do this emergency distance learning. We were pushed out a window (laughs) and and figuring out what what the hell we, excuse my language, what we were going to do as we were falling, you know, that analogy of Without Don't a parachute. Plane as you're flying is fine, but we were shoved out a window. I yeah. mean, it was like, bam. And I don't know that it's gotten a whole lot better because it just continues to evolve. And, you know, the, the information is changing so quickly. But mm-hmm. I have heard lots and lots of stories that people have yeah. found some really positive things, some bright spots that have emerged. Yeah. Um, as the result of having to fall out that window. So I'd love if you just have one or two that kind of stand out. Um, sure. Well, you know, it's been interesting. I would say we have gotten better. You know, we learned some things in the spring that we're applying now. And, you know, at our school, we have kids have live sessions with their teachers Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, and Wednesdays is an on-demand day. Um, and so, our kids have 80 minute sessions with their teachers, but that doesn't mean they're staring at a screen for 80 minutes. That's 80 minutes of teacher directed activities. What we have found is in terms of direct instruction and being um, in a Zoom session, 15, 20 minutes is really ideal. And then breakout rooms for discussion or teacher directed activities. So that's one thing we've learned. And, and I would say one of the bright spots is there are some students who were not engaging or thriving in our model before COVID, who are thriving now. And there's some, some kids that have gone the opposite way as well, but it's been really interesting to see which students are thriving in this environment. Those are the students who have more evolved executive functioning skills, Um, which some of our kids who are struggling don't in terms of initiating, organizing, et cetera, which is harder in in a remote. But so for the kids who are ready for that, they've been thriving because with some more of these blended classroom and flipped classroom strategies where some of the content, because we're even trying to do more on-demand recorded lessons for our live Zoom sessions as well, where they can access that beforehand, watch it again, et cetera. And so then the live sessions is more about the dialogue and the coaching and so forth. And for some kids that is just working a lot better and um, it provides for some opportunity to vary the pace for some kids. So that's a bright spot. And that's also one of the things I would say is one of those bridges that we want to continue when we come back. you know, so that's been good. Um, some of our teachers, uh, we, 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 for the most part, 
definitely at the middle school and in many ways at our high school program, teaching teams operate as a team. So they do a lot more coordinating. And I would say our model of, of working as a team and having themes and projects to deliver the content is more suited for this shift. Mm -hmm. And so that's been good to see um, and a bright spot as well. And, you know, it's the, some of the, it's the fun thing is seeing the creativity of some of the teachers with the videos they're creating and seeing the kids demonstrating their um, learning through whether it's Flipgrid or other uh, platforms, you know, they're having fun with it. And, and, it, and it's, um, it's fun to see their creativity. So I think what we found is this works better for some kids yeah. and others not. And how can we do both and bring some of the greatness of each model together when we come back? I love that. Yeah, I, uh, Holland, you know, as a senior, she has had her highest GPA in her whole high school career mm -hmm. for COVID school. And yeah. I think partly it is, she does have the executive functioning and the socialness of school mm -hmm. is not distracting. Yeah. And so it's been one of the hard things. I mean, I know I might be going off topic here, yeah. but we've got some of our kids are lonely. Yeah, yeah. You know, they really miss their peers. That's been tough. Well, and that's where I, I feel like for her, if she could do this kind of virtual self-paced, you know, facilitated learning on her own that she's thriving in, but she has access to the clubs, the sports, the activities, the hands-on, you know, you go to, and that's where you're collaborating. I mean, to me, it's like you said, like, how do we take what's been working well for both groups of kiddos mm -hmm. and hang on to the parts that work yeah. and give kids those choices? I do think we'll get through this and end out on the other side better. I think in some ways it's forcing us to take a look at our systems. Yeah, well. Well, and that leads into barriers a little bit. What are some of the, the challenges that you all have either faced and overcome or maybe still are working your way through? Yeah. Well, there are definitely some equity issues in terms of technology and um, access. You know, all of our students in our district starting in second grade get a um, Chromebook, you know, what we call Wonder World, um, but not everybody has internet access or good internet access. And that is certainly um, crucial in this environment. Um, not every, and again, the students who don't have those um, executive functioning skills, because just in terms of brain development, they're not there yet um, with the prefrontal cortex and everything else. So that has been a challenge. Um, whereas, you know, they did pretty well here when you could sort of give them those strategies, coach them in the moment, circle around and check in on them, you know, break things down into smaller tasks. That's harder in a, a virtual environment. So that has been a barrier. Um, Zoom bombing. <laughs> yes. Lord. Yeah, that, that's been something to figure out. Luckily, we haven't had anything too crazy, but it's happening. Yeah, so that's that's been something we didn't anticipate. Um, so those are definitely definitely some of the barriers, and there is some content and some skills that's just really difficult uh, in a remote setting. Yeah, Beginning yeah. band, for example, you know, 
you know, you can't see the trom <laughs> the trombones, you know, are blowing in the wrong end of the horn or whatever the case may be. You know, so that's hard. Yeah. And you know, some of like our more advanced um is what we what we call our design engineering and fabrication classes when they don't have access to the tools. That's yeah. difficult. Um, so there, there definitely are some challenges, um, but I worry most about the kids who um, don't have the capacity or are struggling with some uh, mental health issues or um, yeah, feeling isolated, don't have great support at home, don't have great internet. You know, that's the stuff that I worry about the most. Yeah, for we'll some of the trombones eventually. <laughs> Maybe. For so many of those kiddos. The percussionists, that's a lost cause. But. Well, the poor families would have to sit and listen to the kids yeah. playing in the wrong side of the instrument. Um, yeah, I. For our listeners, I'm a recovering band teacher, so that's. that's <laughs> you could do some private tutorials and uh, help them out. Yeah, I actually love beginning band. I could teach beginning band all day. I love it. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, for a lot of those kiddos that are, you know, the, the isolation, the executive functioning, for many of them, school was probably that safe place that they yes. could go, right? Yes. And so now everything's been completely removed. So yeah. And I luckily, we're going to be allowed to start bringing in some individuals and small groups here in the next few weeks. And that's good because we've got some kids that just, they need to be here. Yeah. And I think like, I was talking with a, um, a school counselor uh, the other day and they're doing uh, risk assessments on all of their kiddos. And um, I mean, if you can really tease out who are the ones that need to have that more adult-centered, coached, facilitated experience and start with them and then we start to ease in the others as we have the capacity. Yeah, yeah, crazy times. All right, well, you kind of already started, you talked a little bit about the, the bridge piece, which is mm -hmm. in this current reality, but we know that we need to plan for a better tomorrow when we do get back into session. And so are there other things that you think um, you're planning for that you want yeah, to We would about? like to start implementing some more flexible scheduling, you know, by using some of these blended learning strategies and, and, and maybe have a couple of tracks within our program where one's a little more flexible and independent with blended learning strategies where, when the kids are ready to for a little um, differentiation for pace and a little more independence um, and for the ones who need or want to come here regularly um, especially for our upperclassmen you know we want some off-campus time for them for work study and internships etc but i think that's one of the things that we really want to take from this like which students did this work well for and how can we still make that a possibility within our um that when we come back mm -hmm. so that's what i'm that's what i'm hoping and i really think that um Man, some of these pre-recorded lessons are awesome. Like get the direct instruction out, yeah. provide it in a way so the kids can access it when they need it or when they need it again. Hang on my phone, sorry. <laughs> Somebody needs you. It's my assistant principal. And um, yeah, so that's what I'm hoping that we, we take with us for sure. I mean, there's lots of other things. I, 
like, you know, probably aren't on the top of my mind right now, but you know, the world's so nuts. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, I, uh, oh, we need, we need the, um, fun fact. What's what's the fun fact that like people would be surprised to learn about you? Well, most people who know me well would know this, but mm. but, but most other listeners wouldn't. So okay, uh, well, I have a passion. Some people would call it an obsession. I call it really. It's a focused ambition, really, um, regarding Loretta Lynn, the queen of country music, and I have been fortunate um, to get to know her dressmaker, personal assistant, stylist, best friend, and roommate by the name of Tim Cobb, who has worked for her for 38 years. And it's a real interesting, what I'm calling a uniquely American love story. Um, And so I I started taking some film classes at the Northwest Film Center and the Lynn family, bless their heart, and Tim, and ultimately Loretta, and um, told them to move forward with it. So I've for the last few years, I've been filming a documentary about this relationship between Tim Cobb and Loretta Lynn. And uh, even with COVID, we carefully drove there this summer. Uh, my partner Douglas and I, we drove to uh, Hurricane Mills, Tennessee. And uh, we actually got to interview Miss Loretta when she was amazing. And uh, so, yeah, I, we encourage our kids to have passion projects. And that is my side project that Wait, I am done and released to the world oh my god i don't know i mean it's even if i was working on it full time that would take two or three years you know to really do it well um so i would say i'm probably 75 to 80 percent done with the raw footage Uh, but then i got to start editing and blah 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 and and if anybody out there is interested and has money (laughs) to help me fun this little project you never know if you put it out there yeah so anyway so i'm i'm a big loretta lynn fan i love it i love it well um maybe i'll try to find one of your pictures and that's what i'll use with you and loretta um thank you again for taking time out of your busy schedule first it was lovely to see your face even though the listeners won't get to see you but lovely to see you i wish we could build a blanket fort or get a uh, refrigerator box from Alsom and Bodie and camp in grandma's backyard. Aaron and I used to have the best adventures as kids. <laughs> we did, we did. Well, I, um, I, we definitely need to take, stay in touch more, but I would love to follow up with you in a couple months. Okay. You know, once things maybe get back to a state where you are able to start to kind of do the rethinking part and just see, touch base and see how it's going. That would be a pleasure. Sound good? Okay. All right, cuz. So good to see you. Thank you for participating. Bye. Bye. Be well. You too.